I have never seen anyone with leprosy. The closest that I've seen someone with leprosy was looking in the mirror when I was in high school when I had acne. It was really bad. In the Old Testament, leprosy refers to a whole variety of skin conditions, and the closest analog today of what we would say that is, is Hansen's disease. Leprosy was a very painful experience. It deformed their skin with all sorts of boils and scars and scabs on them. And they, it became very uncoming, like unbecoming to people. People avoided lepers, and they avoided them because they could get infected. It was a very contagious disease. But also because the Jews believed that it made the lepers unclean. That is, it, they weren't capable of coming apart, being a part of divine worship in the temple. And so they were to cry out, like we heard in today's first reading, unclean, unclean. And as a result, lepers were excluded from community, which adds insults to injury in terms of the pain that they experience. The Jews avoided touching lepers. But in today's gospel, Jesus touches a leper. And rather than becoming unclean himself, he cleanses the leper. Think about this. Jesus cleanses the leper. He does not become unclean. He does not become infected. This is really important for us. This is huge. Why? Because leprosy in the New Testament symbolizes sin. Jesus has come to cleanse us of the leprosy of sin, which causes us to be excluded from community, from the community of the church, from life with God. And it can give, Jesus' action here can give us a, a posture of how we are to posture ourselves toward the unbelieving world around us. Those who are lepers stuck in serious sin or perhaps not even practicing the faith. A couple weeks ago, I preached a homily about how we are on a mission. The whole church has a mission to destroy the works of the devil. Like, we're on offense. Right? And that when we allow Jesus to destroy the works of the devil in our own life, we become capable of destroying the works of the devil in culture and in the lives and hearts of others. But in other parts of the gospel, Jesus also expects us to go on offense. Right? He says to us, you are the light of the world. There's a lot of darkness out there. You have my light. You are the light of the world. You're supposed to be in the places of darkness. Notice, and he says, you're not supposed to put a bushel basket over your head. You're not to retreat from the darkness. You're meant to go out into the darkness. He says, you're the salt of the earth. Right? If you don't have the seasoning, if you're not willing to go out there, if you lose your seasoning, with what is the earth going to be seasoned? Right? To preserve the goodness and justice in the world. That's our mission. Right? So Jesus envisions us, the church envisions us to go on offense and to really bring about perhaps the cleansing of the lepers around us. And so the question becomes, what, is, what should our posture be toward sinners in our life? Maybe people stuck in big sin or people who aren't practicing their faith. What should our posture be? Because it's a really important question. And, and, and my, the response is fairly simple. And I think we tend to overcomplicate it. It's this. Hate the sin, love the sinner. Hate the sin, love the sinner. This is difficult, but we can do this, right? Because no one hated sin more than Jesus, right? Sin destroys divine life in someone. It destroys covenant relationship. It destroys relationship. It destroys us. And so Jesus, recognizing how serious sin is, which is kind of like a spiritual cancer, hated it so much that he was willing to take its power over on himself so that we might live. 
But we also know that no one loved sinners more than Jesus, right? He chose to love them in their sin. He didn't reject them in their sin. He didn't abandon people in their sin. He drew near to them to heal them, to cleanse them from their sin. And throughout history, what we can see that the church has had various postures toward, our, toward culture and sinners around them, right? And a lot of this depends on where the culture was vis-a-vis -vis the gospel. Right? So in some parts of, of history, we see that the, the church is kind of um, against culture. It's, its posture is more of like a one of defensiveness and trying to preach the gospel because the culture is very hostile. Other parts of history, culture is more or less converted, so it's Christ and culture. It's a coming together. It's, a, it's, for, it's about transformation. But regardless of the epic in history, right, the church's mission has always remained the same. And that is to convert sinners and transform culture. That's the mission of the church. And so there's many ways in which we can do this as Christians, but I wanna just, because there's different permutations, different situations, have, we can have different postures, but I wanna simply name two postures that we need to absolutely avoid. Two postures that we need to absolutely avoid. And I'm gonna give them some names that are fairly provocative. I don't wanna get caught, caught up on the language, but we need to avoid these two postures with regard to those who are stuck in sin around us. Number one, it's the radical liberal approach. The radical liberal approach. This is what happens when we focus too much on loving the sinner to the neglect of hating the sin. We focus too much on loving the sinner to the neglect of hating the sin. And as a result, we have this compassion for the sinner. We over-identify ourselves with the sinner that we tend to downplay, ignore, and even outright reject the nature of the sin itself. We reject the sickness of the leper. We completely ignore it. And what happens when we do this is that we have nothing really to bring to them. We seek to accommodate, to welcome, and say, hey, look, we, we're, we're just like you, we got you, but we have nothing to give to them anymore because we've denied our own faith. You see, when we choose to let go of our understanding of what sin is, we seek to try to transform the church to be like the world. We want the church to get with the times rather than the, the times get with the church. And the gospel becomes emptied of its power. It has no power to save anymore because we've completely jettisoned basic moral teachings that Jesus gives to us. The irony is in such an approach is that not hating the sin, but trying to love the sinner results in really not loving the sinner at all. Just like ignoring the cancer of someone who has cancer when you have the cure is not really loving the person with cancer. So that's the one extreme, the radical liberal approach. On the other hand, you have the other extreme is the radical conservative approach. This is emphasizing hating the sin to the neglect of loving the sinner. This is often a, a reaction against the radical liberal approach. Right, the focusing on what is wrong, that people are not living correctly. They're doing it wrong. They're not good enough. We're the ones with the truth. We're the ones that have, have, have everything to get together. And what ends up happening is there can, there can be a separation between the sinners and those in the church. Let's separate ourselves from the lepers. And if we're not careful, people in this approach will end up downplaying, ignoring, or even outright denying the mission of the church. That is to present the gospel to those who are not part of the church. And this is a very damaging thing because it means refusing and rejecting the compassion that Jesus had toward those who are filled with leprosy, filled with sin. 
What happens is, is that instead of, instead of reaching out people in the radical conservative approach, what they end up doing is trying to create a subculture that is separate from the world. To focus so much inward that it loses its, its flavor, its, its desire to outreach to the world. And the irony here is that what happens when people live like this is they come across two sinners as self-righteous, judgmental, harsh. And they're hating the sin is actually not really even hating the sin because you're ignoring the person that is being destroyed by the sin. You see, the difference, my brothers and sisters, of how we are to live is that we're not to belong to either one of these camps. We're to live in the tension of hating the sin and loving the sinner. We can do this as Orthodox Catholics, but it can be difficult at times. So what's the solution? I want to offer one solution, although there's a lot. The one solution is this. Remember who we are in our mission. That's it. Remember who we are in our mission. We are, a, we are a community of missionary disciples. First community, we are called together in the church. We who are in the church have responded to the gospel. We've turned away from sin. We've placed our faith in Jesus. We've responded to the gospel and we are part of a community in which the integrity of our faith is kept intact. It's protected, right? But it's also a place where we can encourage each other to grow in holiness to grow in maturity as we say yes to the gospel in our own life. We are a community, we have an identity together. But it also means that we understand that we're a community of missionary disciples. This community, the church itself, does not exist unto itself. It exists for those who don't believe. It exists for the world to convert the world. And one of the things that I like to remind all of us is that this parish doesn't exist for us. It exists for all of those people who are not here yet, right? We have a mission to be outward focused. We don't focus primarily internally, but any focus that we have here is for all the people who aren't here, for all the people who do not yet know the love of Jesus. And this means we need to allow ourselves to have compassion on those who are filled with the leprosy of sin. We need to be sensitive. We need to try to win them over. We need to allow ourselves to be moved by their plight. Right? Jesus has said in the gospel, he's moved with pity for the leper. Right? He had this compassion. And so this is our response to those who are stuck in sin around us. And so the question is, is that what is our internal reaction to people who don't measure up? To people who are stuck in the leprosy of sin, maybe the unbelieving neighbor or a family member. Do we have compassion for them? Do we want to win them over to Christ? Or are we perhaps separating ourselves from them, judging them in our own hearts? You see, the world does not need our judgment. It needs the love of Christ, which washes us and cleanses us from sin. My brothers and sisters, we live in a world of lepers. The temptation is for us to condemn the leper for their leprosy or to deny the leprosy altogether. Neither of these is love and neither of these is the mission of the church. My prayer is that we all stay focused on who we are in our mission hating sin but loving the sinner, not forgetting that Jesus had compassion on us and cleansed us of our sins, cleansed us of our leprosy. If we keep this in mind, the least we can do is to bring that kind of love to the world that desperately needs it.